What's up everyone, welcome back to the Corner Post. Uh, left this one a little late because we were trying to account for some transfer uh, rumors and movement in the Premier League, but this is Match Day 23's recap. As always, I'm Sebastian Quinn here, joined by Daniel Rostevsky. What's up? Pretty intense weekend of football, excluding some pretty boring one-all games, a very low-scoring affair, but it was saved by uh, two big games on the Sunday night, Liverpool, Man City, and Bournemouth Arsenal. Uh, but before we get into those games, you can find Dan on Instagram, it's at Dan Rostevsky and myself on Twitter that's at Seb underscore Quinn uh, thank you for all the support so far been enjoying the fact that so many people are uh, listening following on Twitter asking questions as well so uh, any comments ratings or anything any kind of feedback you'd like to leave you can hit us up on Twitter there or uh, any comments on iTunes as well a rating will definitely do us a lot of help in terms of rankings over there so uh, without further ado we'll get into what could very easily be argued as a game of the decade oh, uh, contender easy. Liverpool 4, Manchester City 3. City's unbeaten run of 30 games finally coming to an end. Uh, Frantic first half saw Liverpool open the scoring inside 10 minutes through uh, Coutinho's replacement, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, with a low-driven shot uh, that Edison probably could have saved, I feel like. I mean, uh, Schmeichel was on the the panel Mm -hmm. throughout the game and he he said that half-time because Edison's positioning was poor. Yeah. Yeah, the ball like almost went in towards the middle of the goal anyway, so yeah. you could blame Edison mm, for that goal. Definitely left a lot to be desired, but the uh, the goalkeeping shenanigans continued uh, as Leroy Sané equalised. He cut inside. I mean, we'll start with Joe Gomez on this one because mm. it was a lovely crossfield ball initially. From I think Walker. it's from Kyle Walker. Yeah. Um, and yeah, to see a right back just ping it straight across to the, the, the left winger, you don't see that too often, but... Um, Gomez definitely probably should have done better. You're kind of showing his youth, I guess. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, his lack of experience. I mean, mm. it's one of those things where even then, what well, the panel said it as well, you got to pretty much decide, am I going to commit to it, go for it, mm. or watch it go over, sit in your position, hold him and leave him on that wing and just yeah. jockey him around there. I mean, he was probably caught in two minds. He thought, oh, I'll go for it. Nah, missed it. Yeah. And then before you know it, Sane's in. Yeah, Sane's good enough to beat you if you're in stuck in two minds like that. But yeah. yeah, definitely, for those who didn't see it, basically it was a cross ball from Walker and you see Gomez running underneath it, but then the ball comes down and Sane takes it on the chest and just goes straight past him. Mm. And um, yeah, Gomez is just stuck in his wake. So, uh, But then again, he did very, very well to still continue and score that goal. He was goal. quick, yeah. You know, cut inside Matip, who really, it looked like a really just half-hearted effort, um, to be honest. It was a basic, a basic cut. Yeah. But then he just sent Matip to, into next week. He, yeah. he split them both. It was just crazy. But then, um, yeah, as we're saying, the goalkeeping shenanigans continuing because uh, Laurie's Carriers, who was replacing Simon Mignolet, got mm. beaten at his near post. And you should never get beaten there. And the mm. angle was so tight as mm. well. Like you'd yeah. think, all right, cover that near post because there'll be a defender at that far post or the angle's just too tight, can't get in. Yeah. Well, the thing was, I feel like Schmeichel again, and not to harp too much on him, but obviously world-class goalkeeper, mm. Um, he was saying that Carrie should have been another yard or another, you know, meter and a half, you know, towards or away from the goal because mm. the ball did actually hit um, Carrie's hand in the end. But yeah. was like, it just, he was so far back that he it hit his hand and then went into the goal. That's the thing. <clears throat> where if he was half a step forward, would have hit his hand and gone yeah. out. That, that was exactly what Michael was saying. Pretty much, he was basically in the goal mm. when he saved it. Step up forward, block that side. Yeah. Even if it just hits you in the face and the shoulder, anything. Mm. As long as it doesn't go in, really. Yeah. And does that kind of stem from like a lack of minutes? Because he's still a fairly young, relative to goalkeeper um, experience. Mm. He's still fairly young, but does that also come from a lack of minutes? Because Klopp's been chopping and changing between Minule and him yeah. for a good while now. I'd say lack of minutes and also lack of like game time against big teams. Because mm. that's, I don't, I don't, I, that's probably his first major game against a major team yeah I think he's played all the cup games all the cup games and stuff so like he, he's playing just these football league or the championship teams yeah. so he's yet to play a big a big team so mm. that's probably one of the reasons he's not that like used to his positioning yeah against those top 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 two teams yeah especially I mean yeah like I said Leroy Sunny. I mean a great finish as well mm. so much power behind it but Ferocious. Um, yeah definitely really hard to stop shots like that uh, so Liverpool then got another one through Roberto Firmino with a lovely chip um, oh, over Edison as well. Uh, did very well to finish this one before Sadio Mane smashed in another goal off uh, two defensive errors so far. Mane just, I mean, it was an incredibly powerful shot so from him as well. Perfect. I was going to say also, City fans wouldn't be happy with Firmino's goal. John mm. uh, John Stones just yep, yep. out-muscled by a much lighter, much lighter player. So, yeah. But then again, the chip was beautiful. You can't, can't complain about that. Yeah, I kind of love those ones. It was very similar to his, uh, I want to say the first one. It was actually, yeah, match day one, uh, Salah actually got credit for it because he got a tap in. But mm. Firmino, almost identical actually, kind of, you know, beat two players and then chip the keeper. It was going in then Salah like needed it. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, he's definitely starting to show his quality. And when he first came, I was like, oh, you know, he's an okay striker. I kind of pitched him as a winger for some reason. Thing, I think when he came, they had him pegged as a center forward, maybe like a cam or something. Mm. But is that definitely underrated in the league? Yeah, he's yeah really been putting in. And you know, when you've got, uh, I mean, obviously when you've got that much quality around you, it also helps. Mm. But when you can find the back of the net like that against a keeper like Edison, exactly, um, definitely shows your kind of quality. But yeah, Mane kind of pulls also these kind of goals. Just Out smashed it with his left foot. Just. It was, it, was, it was almost dead still when he, when he looked at it looked mm. at the ball keeper spot and oh, I was pigeonholed yeah I feel like that's also part of the he had so much time like he could just choose where he wanted mm. it's like yep take my time smashed it in and just really I mean the Man City defense was you know the, the real kind of the first time they've been completely exposed like yeah. there's been times in the past where um, they were kind of caught out like I remember United scored that goal I think Rashford they sent a cross in and then it beat Otamendi and then like Fabian Delph just missed it mm, yeah, Rashford yeah. jumped onto it so you know there's bits and pieces there but it's one of the things like they, they, they've probably been exposed for a couple of times but it's against lower teams where they can't finish Yeah. and when they get exposed against a big team they take those opportunities and they'll mm. score it's just right. unfortunate that happened but three times four times yeah exactly so I mean there was another time as well Mohamed Salah is um, hitting a goal from I think it was just inside halfway after Edison's failed clearance with his right foot and I mean everyone was fairly hyped about this goal but at the same time I was a little bit I was like not to name names but yeah um, you know they had you know fire emojis like oh they you were know game winning goal blah, blah. I was like in the end these are multi-million dollar footballers and if you can't hit a long ball to hit, I mean, how wide's the goals as well? Like, it's a pretty big area. You got you got a lot of space to to, yeah. to ping it from there. I mean, it's virtually a long pass. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, of course, it's fantastic technique, and there's no way I could do it. But at the same time, when you train all your life yeah. to kick a ball into a net, like it's almost like clickbait that has had everyone set game yeah. winning goal. Yeah. The game was already won. So just um, <clears throat> you know, Salah. I mean, it's another goal to his tally. He's been doing very well, of course. And yeah. you take nothing away from him. And I mean, if anything, you put it more on the Man City defense. Mm. I mean, Edison the failed clearance, and then um, Mane's goal. Just the press from Liverpool was just crazy. There was actually great footage. Uh, Jurgen Klopp like raised his hands up straight in the air, and mm. then you could see Emre Chan just looking across, and he did the exact same thing. And that's their sign for we're going to press yeah. straight away. And you, you see the whole team just move up. And then just the pressure. I think it might have been Fernandinho who just gave it away and Mane got onto it. And yeah, bang. Mm. So, Emre Chan's like the, the Jurgen Klopp on the team. He's basically he's mm. like his second man in charge. But I mean, I think that even uh, Michael Owen said before the game, that's, that, that's how Bristol pushed it to, to City high yeah, pressing yeah. but they're just like not of quality compared to Liverpool and that's where Liverpool just succeeded so well yeah well, from, the, yeah, def- from the first half they were just right in City's face yeah no definitely I mean definitely takes a lot in terms of stamina to do that as well like I kind yeah. of I expected that of Tottenham because a few I mean for the past few years Mauricio Pochettino has been hammering their fitness yeah so kind of expected that from them but yeah for Liverpool to do this in such a short amount of time because Klopp's been there what four or five years now oh no not even Pro- yeah probably a couple of years less, yeah. less than that yeah so the fact he's come in and already established that kind of playing style honestly um, it's a beautiful playing style yeah so it really speaks um, to his quality as a manager um, what I really did enjoy just before we get too far ahead to the um, the finish was uh, Owen Hargraves on the call as well um, in the Optus panel huh. in, with um, <clears throat> with Michael Owen and I looked at him and I was like you look so familiar and then I was like oh it's Owen Hargraves Owen and Hargraves. yeah so I don't mind him as a pundit actually he got some you know he's not doing saying some dumb stuff like Michael Owen has in the past but <laughs> Um, it's good to have a, f- a midfielder there who kind of knows yeah. like both sides of the ball. Because I had a I had Owen and Schmeichel mm. in the Optus one. Yeah, yeah. So it's good to have a different view. But I mean, Michael Owen does say some funny things. But I reckon he's got like he's one of the smartest footballers mm. out there. Just he's uh, yeah. he's getting used to the the whole media side of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't play for what Liverpool and all these other Liverpool, huge clubs. Madrid, yeah. winner Ballon d'Or. Exactly. It's a freak. <laughs> Just um, yeah, just crazy. You kind of you don't you kind of think back. You look at Michael Owen now, and you see all the dumb stuff he says. But I mean, in the end, he's obviously a quality footballer. Yeah, good, if you were yeah, just watch a little film of him, it's just a pretty big career. Yeah. So uh, we'll get back into the City Liverpool game, and we thought the game was done. You know, four um, four one at this point. <clears throat> Salah's essentially sealed it. Uh, so we all thought the game was over. But then Bernardo Silva, four man City scoring in the 85th minute. Bit of a I mean a scrappy goal, but. Um, you know, City were pressing, and I mean, I would say they deserved it. Yeah, you think so? Um, yeah, getting back to four two, and then Iklay Gundogan or Gundavan, depending on where you're from, I suppose. <laughs> uh, in the 91st minute, uh, scoring another goal off a uh, Leroy Sane going through crossing from Aguero, another sloppy one, but it's four three, and Liverpool are on their heels at this point. Liverpool were wrecked, so you could tell. I mean, that this is the 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 trade off when you are running that Gagan press, yeah, um, all game as well, and against them like City as well, who like with Guardiola as their manager. He, mm. They're lucky that they, they got 
out there with with the win. Yeah. It could have been four all easy. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. To your point, ninety fourth minute free kick from De Bruyne. Hearts in mouths for mm. everyone at Anfield and. Uh, a pretty decent ball from um, uh, De Bruyne in. Aguero got ahead to it. He was offside, but uh, the ball shaved the side netting. And you, I was, you know, you just watching the game. Like I just shouted as it how I was like, oh, like just, yeah. You kind of freaked out. I was like, oh, it's another goal. You know, and could you imagine losing a four-one lead? Oh man, just a be crazy. I feel like if any team's going to do it, it would have been Man City as well. Yeah, like given the see how well they're playing so far and. Um, just it's been a fairy tale for them. No, no, absolutely. Down for one, yeah. we're going to lose our ultimate winning streak. Yeah, for all we kept that streak in. There was all these memes actually that I found. Um, Arsene Wenger selling Oxlade Chamberlain to Liverpool so that he can <laughs> save the invincible season as well. I saw that as well. That uh, was a funny one. I was like, man, you know, the the, the ways people think about these sort of things as well. Mm. I was like, you know, got to, you know, God bless them. You know, appreciate God, that. God bless the internet. So. Mind. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, what, what were your big takeaways from this one, Dan, then? I mean, obviously, there's so many talking points with Liverpool right now, uh, Man City, but they were expecting at some point in the season to lose, but mm. how, how heavy of a loss is this to them? Honestly, I don't think it would shake them too much. Mm-hmm. They'll probably, again, like Guardiola said, it's football. I mean, you will lose games. Yeah. So, I mean, they'll probably, they'll come back. I don't see them losing again against any of the small teams, that's yeah. a guarantee, but if mm. they will lose again, it'll be probably to like another top team. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I mean, what? They're still 12 points ahead against mm. United. Um, that, that's four whole games as well, which is a huge deal because there's, what, 15 games less in the, left in the yeah. season. And, yeah, to, like, not even draw. Like, they have to drop points completely. Oh, it has, to be, like, it has to be a disgusting run of form for them. Mm. And, I mean, even this loss here, it's not really... It hasn't even really put a dent yeah. in their, their, like, their title race. Mm. I mean, they were, yeah, again, three, three or four full games completely lost mm. I don't see them doing that yeah well Liverpool have been in a uh, great run of form as well um, recently actually but you know City just so far ahead of this point but in, mm. you know when you are losing to another big side as well I suppose in terms of morale it doesn't do too much to you well like yeah. you know you look at it and it's like well we went to Anfield we lost 4-3 I feel like any team like you know any other big side or any other club in the Premier League to be honest would be relatively happy with that result. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, you know, Anfield obviously probably one of the most intimidating stadiums. Yeah. Uh, given the atmosphere. And, you know, you're going against Jurgen Klopp in a informed Liverpool side who just lost Coutinho. So they're kind of out to prove a point as well. So definitely a, a very interesting dynamic in that sense for City to go in, still mm. lose, and then more than likely win the Premier League. Who knows with the Champions League, but yeah. you know, it could be almost a defining point for them in the season. But Liverpool, without Van Dijk, um, you know, while they did win the game, how big of a loss would that have been? Is that for them in this sort of situation? That's the thing. Going into this game, I thought, oh man, Coutinho's out. Mm. Uh, Van Dijk's not playing. Mm. I thought, we, I thought that, that that's it. We had that. We had the game lost. Yeah. But surprisingly, what was it Clavan came on late. Yeah, that's good depth. Matip and um, Lovren mm. played really well together. Yeah. Held held the, held the defense up for the whole first half cleanly. Yeah, I mean, Gomez slipped up a little bit, but that's all right. Yeah, but I mean, it's looking it's looking not too bad. And I imagine Van Dyke comes in. I can yeah. keep clean sheets. Yeah, I never, right, never right, thought so. I'd hear the day when you said that Matip and uh, <laughs> Lovren had a good game together. I'm feeling a bit ill because I didn't yeah. think I would ever say Lovren played a good game. Yeah, shiver down your spine <laughs> and watch you'll be in the mirror tonight when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, well, um, there have been some transfer rumors regarding uh, Liverpool. Less so Man City, but there has been some news. But I feel like we'll get to a bit of a wrap up uh, towards the end in that sense. So moving on from you know game of the season contender to probably one of the most disappointing performances as an Arsenal fan at least. Mm. Uh, Bournemouth two Arsenal one. Uh, no no Sanchez amid rumours that he is leaving for Manchester United or Mesut Ozil due to a knee injury. But that's also a little bit iffy as well. There yeah. are rumours of him leaving uh, to Juventus from last week, and then also a few more you know to United as well. Yeah, uh, more recently. The but Juventus rumors are getting heaps heated i remember seeing that one mm-hmm. and like that, that thing of getting him for free yeah and i heard juventus are thinking of getting um christian erickson yeah oh man that'd be crazy they're, they're trying to build line. just this insane midfield lineup mm. you combine that with emre chan as well assuming they do get him after the season yeah, it's definitely going to be a formidable midfield like my so i think yeah they um they sort of the rumors got even more heated i think it was lovren or someone put up a photo mm-hmm. with emre chan in it and i was just putting all these money emojis at the thing i was just like come on boys yeah no, I mean, I think I feel like that's a good thing about football. Is like you know they're going to put crap in each other as yeah. well. Like end of the day, they're, yeah. they're just like the boys, man. Yeah. Like if someone's going to leave, it's like oh, you doggy this, mm. but like they just they just haven't been. So. Yeah, leave us hanging. So, 
um, Arsenal were left hanging against the Cherries uh, as uh, they took full advantage. Jordan Ibe or Jordan eBay, depending on. I don't. This isn't even a dialect thing. I've just heard different pronunciations of I've, his last I've name. I've always heard Ibe. Yeah, I've heard eBay from really? a few from commentators, like in the Premier League, um, and it's been really frustrating. Jordan eBay. Yeah, and it's like Jordan Ibe. You know, it's like oh okay Ibe, and then someone says oh eBay. I'm like. Is it like a, I don't know. I mean, it might be like a North and South thing in from, London or in England rather, but. From what I've like, videos that they put up from on the Liverpool page when he was at Liverpool, yeah. they're all calling him Jordan Ibe. Jordan Ibe, yeah. okay. Well, I don't know, maybe he's become cultured now that he's at Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Ibe. Yeah. <laughs> like a little accent above the ear and stuff. And anyway, for the sake of um, consistency and my own sanity, we'll call him Jordan Ibe uh, from now on. But he scored his first ever Bournemouth goal after being at the club for quite some time. He's been there for a while, yeah. Um, so took his time getting it, but. You know, definitely finally good to get on the score sheet for them. But it was Arsenal who opened the scoring early in the first half. It is how men fought back to claim all three points, um, lifting them further away from the relegation zone. It's mm. really impressive for them considering that... It was a big mean, jump, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Last week I asked you guys if they if they had been overperforming so far, but I feel like this kind of win where they... I mean, to be completely fair, they didn't play that well, but Arsenal played that bad where they did enough to That's just get thing, by. Yeah. Arsenal, it wasn't more so uh, Bournemouth winning. Arsenal mm. lost that one. Yeah, it was just crazy. I mean, there's a few chances to talk about. You know, Welbeck had a not quite a one-on-one opportunity, but sent through and then couldn't get it past the keeper. Mm. Um, it was a well-taken goal from... Uh, Bellerin, you know, really lovely ball from uh, Iwobi, which you can't say very often, but yeah. you know, did well. I mean, the ball kind of snuck through under Begovic in that one, but at the same time, you know, goals a goal. But you know, um, Bournemouth just hit back two quick goals, Callum Wilson, but got to wonder what Czech was doing there was you kind of wonder what Czech was doing I mean the ball was so I mean it was kind of it was just inside the edge of the box right yeah and you know he came all the way out and Callum Wilson just yeah got a um, just small touch it. on and that's all you need I think Ishmael was covering that as well and he spoke mm. about how as a keeper you never come out that far from yeah. like that kind of across mm. and they were, they were panning around the camera to see how like the play panned out as mm. well and on the wing was it uh, Jordan Ipe who took it on the wing or yeah. was it uh, I believe it was uh, Fraser Fraser he was fun fact shortest player in the Premier League at 5 foot 4 5 4 which is like absurdly short <laughs> true true that, that's tiny yeah but mm. I mean he was he, he was taking up the line and there was I think four Arsenal players yeah. either was both centre backs yeah. or like both centre backs plus the winger sorry yeah. left back <clears throat> and one of the midfielders just tracking him yeah I'm thinking there's there the giant gap in between the left centre back and whoever was covering Bellerin yep. plus someone else. I mean, I think it was either Owen or Schmeichel said the one two that they played, hmm. the centre back should not have run to him, yeah. Fraser, should have sat there and kept the kept the, the gap closed off. Hmm. But instead he ran, Fraser whipped it in. Yeah. Again, poor defence. Yeah. That defence should have covered that. Check shouldn't have even left the line. Hmm. I mean he probably came out because I don't and again Schmeichel said I don't think he trusts his defenders. Yeah. Which I mean he probably thought, that's it, I I gotta cover this one. Yep. Ran out big error Wilson just tapped that one in uh, just total yeah tomfoolery all around from the mm. Arsenal defence and I mean check included as well so uh, just completely I mean disappointing and not to use it as an excuse but it was Arsenal's youngest side in quite some time so the average age of the defence including Maitland-Niles and Bellerin was 22.2 years so I mean definitely you're def- a lot younger than what they're used to it's, you basically, know. it's basically our age yeah. as, we, as we speak 22.2 right exactly. now so far out you know you think about that you got you know Holding who hasn't had much game time and you know, uh, Callum Chambers as well who's in a very similar situation but mm. at the same time when you pull on an Arsenal shirt there is some kind of expected level of quality uh, to be there as well so yeah, you can't just go on and just that's it we're going to play for fun now it's like mm. it's Arsenal this is a, a team that's basically proved themselves in the Premier League mm. can't just walk into it and think ah oh, yeah it's Bournemouth we'll just have some fun with this one yeah, exactly especially given the most the recent performances you know did very well against Chelsea mm. um, you know even the League Cup as well did quite well against them but you know to come in and perform the way they did in this game was just I mean, shambles you know and I mean who do you blame in this sort of situation Wenger or you know obviously no Ozil no Sanchez Lacazette um, which is actually another interesting talking point had I think I want to say it was about 7 goals in his first 11 games then 1 goal or two goals in his second 11 games yeah and you know this kind of drop off I don't blame him for it he's had a fair few great chances Mm. Um, you know there were those two chances against United that David De Gea you know just freakishly saved the other one against Courtois as well so I mean that's another four goals essentially yeah and you know it would have helped his confidence greatly if he got those ones in exactly and I mean now I mean it's Sanchez assumingly I mean I think it's safe to assume he's essentially gone I mean I'm trading it as Sanchez gone yeah and then Ozil you know who knows at this point he's on the fence yeah Um, I'm sure yeah he's not going to get any service like you know who's it's going to be a Wobi feeding him through maybe Ramsey who just came back Mm. and then you know Jack Wilshere who's in talks of signing a new contract but there's nothing quite there nothing you know of substance just yet yeah 
And so really, I mean, you know, there's that meme going doing the rounds of um, Sanchez and Ozil laughing at Lacazette because you've got to stay another four yeah. years. And that's like, oh, you know, just hits a little bit too close to home. I think on that day, I can say, well, she was your best player. Yeah, 100%. So I'd say if he's re-signed, that's perfect because mm. he was the only, one, the only one on the field that would take the ball basically with his back towards the goal, turn, see space, and just charge at the defensive line. Yeah. Look, for, look for avenues, options. But then Arsenal don't really know how to react when a player in their team does that they're yeah. more like pass around we'll see what we can do mm. well she took it went for it yeah it got a few fouls in and there but yeah. then again Lacazette was just basically standing still yeah then again for him it's the Premier League it's like one of the biggest leagues in the world yeah a lot of media attention compared mm. to the French League he's, he's, he's probably he's, he's living a different a different life now yeah yeah I so, feel like he's he looks a little disinterested but at the same time like I don't blame him when you've had I think he probably touched the ball like four times all game yeah and you know you got to feel for a striker like that because he's not a big, powerful striker. Kind of like the Giroud mold or Harry yeah. Kane mold, where he can kind of create stuff just in the air, like just cross it in and he'll mm. do the rest. Like he needs the ball to be at his feet in a good yeah. position. He can finish it. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's one definitely of the, probably one of the best finishers in the Premier League. If you're gonna be that small, you have to be basically one of the freaks of the team. Like yeah. Aguero, he's <clears throat> even shorter than like a Z, yeah, yeah, and he's just a goat. So. Mm. If you're gonna be that small in the Premier League, you got to be like really, really talented, like just with your feet alone. Yeah. And then it comes the physical side of the sport, which I mean, he's a little short. Yeah, he's, he's a very light player, so that's probably why he mm. could be struggling up front alone. Yeah, try him out as a winger. Yeah, his pace does don't say that because Wenger will do that. <laughs> I mean, if it opens the door for Obama Yang, yeah. hint hint. Yeah, I would definitely train Lacazette as a winger because mm. he has a lot more space there. He's not facing 90 kilo centre backs yeah. where. You need someone like a uh, Kane who can just muscle with them. Mm. So I'd say try him out as a winger. He's um, still got some decent pace on him, like mm. as well. He's not. He's not. He's definitely not slow. Um, and you did allude to the Aubameyang and that kind of sale, but we will get to that a little bit later on. Yep. But uh, just quickly, Jordan Ibe or Jordan eBay or Jordan Ibe. Jordan eBay. <laughs> uh, Dan, I know you're a big fan of him. So yeah. I mean, getting his first goal, like your takeaway from that. This is the thing. Yeah. It's- it's unfortunate that he's he's had a bad start in Bournemouth. Mm. It's good that he got his goal because I reckon he'll probably start scoring a, a bit more. But yeah. he's about 22, 23, he's I young. think. Yeah. So he's when I was at Liverpool, I remember watching watching him play because that was this was before might have been either just the start or just before the Klopp era, and it was basically him and Sterling competing. Basically, I was like, who's yeah. the best at it? I mean, they're st- they're still good mates now. I've seen on both their Instagrams, yeah, they're yeah. just chilling with each other. Hmm. But it was basically they were basically competing with each other, yeah. friendly friendly competition. All right, who's mm. going for this spot? Yeah, kind of Gareth Walker and uh, Alex Hunter sort of. Oh, thing. Don't get me started about Gareth Walker. Yeah, but I mean snake. <laughs> Time to make my mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was basically they were basically fighting for who's going to be England's next big winger. Yeah. I mean Sterling as well. This the way I was comparing them both. Sterling is, I can Sterling's a little bit quicker mm-hmm. than Jordan Ibe. But Ibe's heavier, stronger. Yeah. Ibe's got a better shot. Mm-hmm. But Sterling is that what England hasn't seen before. That's that, yeah. that the little tecker. Mm. He has the skills. He's got the dribbling. Where Jordan Ibe's not good, not as good of a dribbler. Yeah. But Ibe's more powerful. And I've always thought if you put that's why Sterling right now has become much better because Guardiola mm. loves that style. Oh yeah, yeah. Puts him into that style and it just fits perfectly. It helps when you have a coach who's dominated, you know, with um, all the big Barcelona big and with Bayern Munich, not PSG, because I keep <laughs> just think of the me. biggest names in every, biggest yeah. team in every league. Oh, no. Anyway, um, I was going to say now, yeah, he Sterling fits uh, Guardiola's style perfectly because mm. Guardiola loves like like he's not after the biggest, strongest, t- toughest player. Mm. Sterling's touch, I put it over Ibs. Yeah. Sterling's dribbling over Ibs. Mm-hmm. That's probably why Guardiola and him fit so well. But if I'd say personally, if you gave Ibe the same treatment that Sterling would have received, mm-hmm. like just put him through everything at Liverpool, yeah. find a big name team to bring you in, train you as well. Yeah. I reckon Ibe would have been better than Sterling. Because yeah. I definitely rated him higher than Sterling. Yeah, it's a bit tough because I feel like, you know, play because like, he was Bournemouth's record signing from memory mm. uh, before and they did take on Nathan Ake. And I don't know, you see him and yeah, I definitely agree to the sense that he, if he had the same... Uh, treatment as Sterling then he could you know there's a lot there's still, there still is a lot of potential like I'm yeah. not saying it's not there like but. in the game you could see him basically take the ball on his own skill mm. a few players get past players but then yeah. he's like stuck for options because yeah. he's at Bournemouth yeah yeah if you were to give him a quality team possibly put him in United yeah. United could do with another player like that he's just he's similar to the Rashford yeah. Lingard type player reminds me of a crossover somewhat between like Wilfred Zaha and like Alex Awobu yeah where it's kind of like that stocky big winger but he's got some decent pace on him yeah I feel like you know doesn't quite have that flair to him just yet yeah, but yeah. He's, yeah he's more so just like that gritty little bit of skill not as like quick and yeah. like that little tecker like Sterling mm. is but definitely he 
he needs a good team around him. Yeah. I mean, alone, he can still try. I've seen him in the Arsenal game. He was still skinning players yeah, for yeah. options. But if he had quality players around him, I reckon he'd be a freak. Yeah, it'd be... Um, yeah, definitely. Like I said, you can see the pen- potential there. But yeah, mm. one goal in one and a half years. Like, definitely... That's the thing. The stats don't help me out here yeah. at all. The kind of thing is like, well, you know, but at the same time, he's got youth on his side. You know, he's... I mean, he's got the build for it. And from memory, yeah. he, hasn't, he hasn't... His history hasn't been too injury-plagued, which is always a good sign. Yeah, I can't remember. Last time I was injured. And I mean, he's what? I think mm. he's about 80 kilos, which yeah. is not really that heard of for an English winger or an English mm. midfielder. They're always like Sterling's weight just yeah. 70 kilos I mean yeah. he's got what other players don't have so I'd say if I was United I'd look for him mm, yeah give it. I reckon give it a year or two if he can if he can have a if this first goal for Bournemouth can kind of get the monkey off his back yeah. and he can finish I don't know even if he finishes with like 10 goals for this season Honestly, eight, 8 to 10 goals for the second half of the season yeah. is ideal for him think, just yeah, to bring him in 8 goals in 15 games I think is a fairly reasonable return like for, for not a striker as well yeah. like that's pretty good <clears throat> We'll see how it goes. I mean, he'll pick up a few assists being a winger. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, if he does that and then has like a decent breakout year next year, mm. like maybe safe 12 or 10 to 15 goals next yeah. year, then he could be, um, he I, could, could fulfill that. That's just what he needs. Like, you can see it there. He's like, he's basically just a star on, on that wing, mm. doing everything he can, pass it to one of their players for a possible option. Yeah. And it just breaks down. Yeah. This picture, if he was to pass to Pogba, for example. Mm anything could happen yeah. it's hard being a star player when you play on the wing because there are going to be so many times where you get the balls like yep yeah, bang 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 yeah. but you are isolated to that side of the field like you may get it three times in the whole game yeah. and you have to either perfect every three of mm. those options or no one's going to look at you twice if you screw up two of them and it's like oh yeah one quick run yeah exactly and then the other thing is uh, to continue the comparison with Sterling you know Sterling had I mean this is a this has been a huge year for Sterling mm. as well like Massive you know he, year. his positioning his scoring just I mean his touch and everything just and he's got it all up perfect so it's really just um yeah he's taken it up a notch and it's been really impressive uh, to be completely honest but yeah Jordan I definitely want to watch for the future I mean even I'm not I'm not as high as you on him um, I'm not as high on him as you Dan but mm. you know I can definitely see that you know what you do see in him anyway yeah. so uh, move on to another you know young whippersnapper in Harry Kane uh, a brace leading Spurs past Everton two historic goals uh, for the Englishman as he passed Teddy Sheringham for the most goals for Spurs with 98 he also joined Alan Shearer and Thierry Henry as one of only three players to score 20 plus goals in four consecutive Premier League seasons four so qu- seasons quite a mouthful but that is like an incredible feat that's insane such a young guy as a, as a striker you want those 20 goals a season hmm. when you sign someone you think alright please you want this guy to get at least 20 goals for Kane to do it four years consecutively yeah that's unbelievable and it's just crazy how like I mean kind of burst onto the scene because he had a from memory he had a loan at Leicester like yeah, ages ago and he was you know, a good couple of years and- he was just out, out on loan to a few teams I remember mm. there's a few fans of him seeing him at Leicester yeah and then yeah it was just like coming through the ranks in uh, Spurs but no one really no one looked at him and then that one season yeah we just burst on the scene and it, just came out of nowhere basically it's nuts how like an injury or something like you know he gets his opportunity mm. in like Europa League or something like that and then all of a sudden it's like oh hold on he might actually be good and then bam. That's honestly what it takes, basically. You yeah. play, all right, we're low on numbers. All right, we've got this young striker here. It's Europa League. Put him on. Yeah. Scores three. Gets a hat-trick at least. Mm. And you think to yourself, oh, he was in the team the whole time. Yeah. Playing a few more, few more games. Why gets not? better, gets better. And then, before mm. you know, you got 20 goals minimum for four yeah. seasons. It kind of makes you wonder how many teams have a player of like, not so much the, the same level as Harry Kane, but, you know, kind of that, you know, upper level of quality, a higher oh, level of quality. I can, yeah. At least I can... At, at least mm. 10 teams in the EPL have at least a player similar like that yeah but they're just not really looking at him right now because it's just like we've got these other players yeah. ahead of you I feel like um, for Arsenal at least that was Alex Awobi for a good amount of time and it sounds funny saying that now because he's still he's still so raw yeah you know, I do enjoy him as a footballer but you can still see the decision making the decision making and then also his shooting as well just really kind of leaves a lot to be desired but in front of him you know he had Theo Walcott who just got sold Mm. as well to Everton which we'll um, talk about a little bit later on as well but I mean right now it's almost uh, Eddie Nikita as well I mean this is for the hardcore Arsenal fans who Mm. will know these players you know Nikita sitting there Gideon Zalalem as well and all these guys Zalalem's a good player yeah Yeah, and you know all they really need is the breakthrough you know Maitland-Niles just kind of burst onto the scene he's he's a good player I rate him so I mean hopefully the thing is he's displayed Placed Kalasinac, who you know mm. he, he did have a minor knee niggle from memory, but at the same time he like, filled those shoes perfectly yeah. in that position. He's come in and he's like, you know what, I'm going to go in, give 130 percent, and yeah. like I'm going to own this stuff. And Wenger's looked at him and was like, well, you're performing, and you know, I mean, Kalasinac. That being said, you want to kind of just slowly bring him back into yeah, the team yeah. after an injury. At the same time, when you got Maitland Niles playing the way he is, why not? It's, it's good days for Wenger if he's got choice uh, problems like that mm. when they're playing so well. Who yeah. pick? 
So, I mean, I'd, uh, depend, each player will have a different role for a different team you Yeah. So, I mean, he can just pick and choose what he wants. Uh, well, um, back to the Spurs and Everton game. Hyung Min Sun grabbing another goal and Christian Eriksen finding the net as well. Spurs keeping in touch with the top four. Uh, they're just behind Liverpool and kind of lacking in goal difference as well, which is a little bit funny considering that they are beating teams uh, fairly comfortably. But just back to Harry Kane, in 10 years' time, how do we look back at him? Because he is on pace uh, at the rate he is going to kind of top Alan Shearer in terms yeah. of total goals. And uh, I'd say like he'll do it. I'd say he'd be England's best best striker, England's best goal yeah. scorer. I can this World Cup coming, should he be injury-free, he'd have a, he'll have a pretty good World Cup. Yeah, i put him up there as possibly top goal scorer. Golden boot, I was going to say, yeah. could be definitely... He'll, be. he'll compete for that, guaranteed. Mm. And does he, like, as a, you know, kind of one of those bigger strikers, do England now need to mould their game around him? Yeah, because, he's so young as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got mm. a long, long road for the for the national team. Mm. Plenty of World Cups, plenty of Euros coming in. Yeah. I'd say figure out how you can work around Harry. Yeah. Because he's, he's tall. Mm. I think it was, again, Owen was saying how he met Harry Kane in one of the Spurs training. He's yeah. Like, like, Owen's not that tall, but he said Harry Kane himself is a massive player. Yeah. Like, height, size, width, and everything. Mm. So... He's, he's a complete striker. Yeah. I definitely yeah. mould. Find players that can work best with a tall striker who's yeah. reasonably quick, great in the air, great shot. Yeah. I reckon you've got a pretty good team lined up. Him and Sterling definitely uh, want the future of the three Lions mm. uh, for international football. Sterling on the right, Jordan Ibu on the left. Yeah. God, Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> They're both, you know, they can have their cake and eat it too. So. Perfect. Uh, moving on to one of the uh, the disappointing games of the round, more so disappointing for uh, Southampton in this sense, a controversial late goal to Adubali to Kure, savaging a draw for the Hornets. Uh, but the Saints certainly weren't happy as it appeared that the Frenchman hit the ball with his hand in the final minutes rather than his head. Bit of a uh, hand of hand of God slash hand of frog yeah. uh, Terry Henry moment. But uh, a James Ward-Prowse double gave Southampton the lead uh, before Andre Gray and Ducre pulled it back. Watford grabbing just five points from their previous 27 available, which is just oh my God. ridiculous. Um, you kind of feel for Marco Silva, who was linked to the Everton job yeah. um, early on when, when they did lose Ronald Koeman. But you, know, you look at this kind of um, output and just you kind of question, like, what exactly is going wrong with them? You'd hate to be a Saints fan right now because that's a game that you should have got three points in there, get yeah. out, basically, but... No, exactly. I was, I was right about to say um, Southampton is still without a win since November, which, you know, when you first hear that, it's like, oh, it's not that long ago. We are halfway through January. Um, yeah, everyone, so, yeah, it's it's funny how fast January and even February is going to fly past and you think, oh, halfway through the season, nah, man, we've got about mm. 15 games, 10 games left and yeah. pointy end of the season. And Southampton is sitting, I mean, really quite close to the drop zone. They're sitting on 21 points, 17th, and Stoke just below them in 18th on 20, West Brom 19. With 19 points, that works well. And then Swansea sitting in 20th with just 17 points. So there's really Ooh. not much separating them. And you know, as much as I hate to say it, the way they're playing, they could go down. And so yeah, definitely just disappointing from Watford so far, and Southampton especially. Just two sides that I mean desperately needed three points, and both mm. coming away with a draw. I suppose somewhat appropriate, I guess, considering that both their positions on the league table. But at the same time, like it's it's getting towards the crunch end of the season yeah. where you know this could end up being a six pointer where you know Watford go down and Southampton stay up because of this win. Yeah. Or even the other way around, Southampton go down and Watford stay up. So. Um, but the thing is, yeah, that late goal to Decorey, very clearly his hand, a bit tough to tell as the referee. But, you know, we do bring this up every week, but goal line technology, um, you know, video review kind of system coming through. They did use it in the Arsenal and Chelsea FA Cup to deny two penalty claims as well. Mm. So, I mean, Dan, not- like these sort of situations, like as a like as the coach, would you you would be calling for you'd it be livid. so hard. You'd be livid. Yeah. I mean, then again, if he didn't see it, he'd think to himself, I mean... Let's say, let's say we had the VAR. Yeah. I didn't see it, so I would assume it's gone in. Hmm. When you see a whole swarm of players, fans, hands up saying, that, 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 that was a handball, that was a handball, you think to yourself, all right, I didn't see it, might as well yeah. go for VAR. So, I mean, the argument's there itself. Yeah. It's worked in the FA Cup. Was it, was it, was it FA Cup? Yeah, FA yeah, Cup. Yeah, it's worked in the FA Cup. <clears throat> I think I remember seeing Leicester as well had a, had a goal, either yeah. allowed or disallowed mm. because of VAR. Yeah. I mean, trial it out. Yeah, there was a similar situation. This is a great segue to the Newcastle game where they had a one-all draw with Swansea. Anyway, the ball hit. I'm pretty sure it hit the Newcastle player's arm mm. and all the Swansea players just arm, hands in the air like, ref, what the hell? Yeah. Like, you know, handball. I mean, 11 players can't be wrong. I know yeah. some, some would be, oh, yeah, let's try and fake it, fake it, but mm. 11 players wouldn't wouldn't lie on the spot like that. Yeah, and you look at, um, I can't remember the play it hit, but his face just went blank completely. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to react to this. Yeah. Um, 
But this game was, I mean, some great keeper work. Uh, Fabianski uh, in this one did some great saves. Uh, but Jordan Ayew opening the scoring in the 60th minute, uh, grabbing his own rebound. Bit of a FIFA goal in this one, heading it back home uh, before Yosulu equalizing just eight minutes later. Uh, so definitely one of the quieter games of the round. Mm. We'll move back uh, to Manchester United, winning 3-0 over Stoke. A fairly comprehensive victory in this one. Uh, Stoke appointing Paul Lambert, uh, former Aston Villa coach, as their new uh, manager. Uh, just seven hours prior to the game. So he was in the stands, didn't actually manage this one. Yep. They left that to their assistant manager. But it was an attacking masterclass from United uh, that saw all them off in a rather... It was a fairly dreary night um, at yeah. Old Trafford. It was raining pretty bad. It's a cold and wet night, but not at Stoke. Yeah, a bit of a <laughs> sad one there. But uh, a returning Antonio Valencia made his mark with a curling shot from the left, from the right side into the back post before Anthony Martial uh, outdid him with a first-time peach beautiful of an effort. Beautiful shot. That was a beautiful shot from outside the box. So just absolutely, I've always, I've always preached Martial. He's my, he's my boy. Just he's, absolutely, he's got quality. the talent. It's all there for him. It's actually, it's finally kind of coming together as well, which yeah. is what I found. You know, the last last few seasons, a little bit scrappy. He got his goals, but you know, he's scoring some quality mm. goals this year so far. I mean, it's, it's happy days for Mourinho. I mean, you got Lingard, yeah. fire form. Mm. You got Martial scoring peaches like that. Yeah. Man, you can just pick up uh, you boys. You boys fight over who mm. wants to play. You boys playing ten out of ten games. Exactly, and not to mention Lukaku, who's still coming back from that head head injury. But yeah. he also got a goal in this one. Um, some tight space inside the box. Did well to hold off his defender, and then just smashed it into the um, bottom corner. Mm. This is the one thing that I do really like about Lukaku is that you know he has the size and strength to just hold off players. Yeah, and just go from there. It's almost unfair how big he is against the defenders mm. and. I mean, defenders alone, they're big players. Yeah. Lukaku's just a different, different level. Just crazy. But um, so big news in this one. It was the first game uh, that Steven Island had started in three years. A Manchester City youth product from their academy. Who so, would have known? Who knows? I mean, I remember, I, I think, I remember in my first FIFA, I actually played as Man City, um, <clears throat> my first actual FIFA game, because before that I was playing like pro, not pro, not wasn't Pez, it was like this is soccer. Yeah, And yeah. then after that, my like first pro evolution. Game, it was uh, World Cup 2006. Yeah. As well. So that was EA? like my first proper football EA game. EA Sports? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was that. But then, yeah, played as Man City. I was like, oh, you know, these guys are okay. Not great. But um, yeah, Stephen Island, distinctly remember him because he was always bold and looked Prior like Prior to elf. 2008. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with no, what little history they do have. But um, yeah, former Man City star, as many would uh, probably argue. But anyway, yeah, Paul Lambert as their new coach has coached Wolves, Blackburn, Aston Villa and Norwich. More, well, notable appointments rather. Uh, while he was at Villa, 115 games in charge, 34 wins, 55 losses. Nothing too special. Norwich was where the big, um, you know, his big claim to fame comes from. 136 games, 68 wins, and 35 losses. The rest were all draws. Um, can he turn it around for Stoke? You know, it's a tough one because again, we're coming towards we're over the halfway mark of the yeah. season. He's got a big job to do. Hmm. They're sitting very short term relegation. Yeah, sitting in the bottom three. I mean, look, he has quality players to work with. So hmm. if his coaching style fits their playing style mm. or if he can come up with a good formation a good yeah. good structure then I'd say it can work but it just matters on how well they, they mesh together yeah we have seen uh, most of the teams who did get a new manager have that new manager bounce where they yeah. did start performing at the uh, start when, when they did get that new manager come through yeah they did look somewhat impressive in this game actually Stoken you know as hard as it is to say you know you look at the scoreline 3-0 you, it's fairly unassuming Man United you know fantastic in, in attack but you know Stoke did have their chances um, as well you know a few scares you know De Gea obviously being De Gea saved mm. most uh, saved all of them I should say um, there was a moment from Shakiri very early on where he went for a scissor kick um, it wasn't it wasn't even in front of goal but he was about maybe five or six meters to the left of the far post and yeah went for a scissor kick across the goal and De Gea caught it but everyone was like oh, yeah. Shakiri just attempted a scissor kick from like the edge of the box to the left like wasn't even centered yeah like, man just you know you can kind of tell it's coming from that yeah the uh the strong bus um we can buy background there we go keep getting those two mixed up mm. but so that was it for all the bigger games in the round so we'll get through these last few small ones and then get to all the big uh transfer news uh huddersfield won west ham for a crazy 15 minute period saw west ham come away with three goals including a double to manuel lanzini which saw huddersfield fall at home aaron moy's side maintaining 65 percent possession while completing 549 passes yet still came away with the loss a bit of an interesting in that sense mm. the terrier is now sitting four points clear of the drop zone meanwhile west ham currently sitting 11th and continue to climb up the table not bad 
What has been the biggest difference since Bilic has left in terms of their play style? There has been rumors of Andy Carroll going to Chelsea, which is a bit of a... I think it's a joke, and Antonio Conte laughed at it as well. There's a meme saying Conte <clears> has <throat> gone for a medical at Chelsea because he wants to sign Carroll for, what was it, 30, mil, yeah. 30 million pounds or something like that. that come on, man. No, just crazy. But Carroll I mean, has just one game in him in a season, mm. two, three games max. You're wasting your money, Chelsea. Uh, Conte, uh, listen to this. Yeah, a bit of an interesting one. But, I mean, obviously, I mean, something's happened at West Ham for them to turn around. I feel like, you know, it's not even playing for the manager, but they've got, like, kind of the kick up the butt that they needed. They're like, we can't get relegated. Like, West Ham has been a mainstay in the Premier League for quite some time now. Mm. And, you know, you see them as like, well, you know, the way that they were going, they could have very easily fallen through. So Who replaced Bilic? Moyes. That's right, Moyes is there. Yeah, Moyes there. I mean... I don't know how I forgot that, but I mean mm. Moyes himself is a good manager. Yeah. You've seen you've seen what, what he did at Everton, kept them yeah. top six top six at least for the past Just but, consistent. I don't know how, how many years. Yeah. But I'd say then again, there's that there's always that one random time where a coach will come in, you'd think, Oh, what could he do? Mm. And he's one of those coaches that's the, that's just the voice for the team. Basically yeah. he'll sit them down and he just knows how to tap into them psychologically and just talk to them and just get them like excited, yeah. just built up for a game or for a season itself. Mm. So that could be it basically. He's just yeah. sat down with some of their good players Knows how to speak to him. Yeah. I feel like he probably came in and was like, listen, guys, like, you're all stressing out about it. Just kind of almost a carefree attitude. I can't yeah. see I can't see David Moyes the same way I see Roy Hodgson where yeah. I can't see them being angry. Nah. And, like, I can see him coming as, like, fellas, you know, sit them down. clean slate, yeah. let's start again. Let's just go one game at a time. That's probably why he didn't do so well at Manchester United because there were some yeah. big names there. Mm. And he probably didn't have, like, that authority figure <clears throat> yeah. with those big names. Whereas here, he's got some good names, mm. good players. But it's yeah. not it's not like oh we're Manchester United players we were under uh, Fergie yeah mate you, you can't <clears> talk to us he they're basically like look we're your players just just, mm. just tell us what to do basically yeah exactly well speaking of former Manchester United players Johnny Evans grabbing the opening goal in the West Brom's two 0 win over Brighton uh, finally ending their run of twenty league games without a win just absolutely uh, ridiculous uh, for the Midland side Craig Dawson grabbing the second one for Alan Pardew and that they now sit just two points from safety. Uh, not, I mean, that bottom bit congested as always. Um, another side who was in the drop zone, Crystal Palace, getting away with a 1-0 win over Burnley. Succo uh, scoring early, but some concerns for Burnley, for Burnley, who now sits seventh, but haven't won since early December as well. So some concerns there, but at the same time, they're still sitting seventh. So no one else really in that mid-table area are performing. That's unbelievable there. But then again, it's like, we are chatting about it before Burnley. Are they going to keep the run going? Yeah. These are the games that they should be winning if they want to keep this fun run going. Yeah. Whereas they're going to come up against the big names, Chelsea, mm. United, City, yeah. all them. Where they're likely going to lose those ones, I'd yeah, say. Yeah. Like, come around the second fixture if they've already played them. Mm. But, I mean, they're versing the small teams now. They haven't won since, was it? Mid- yeah, mid-December. Yeah, these are the games that you should, that you should be winning if you want to at least compete for the top uh, top half of the table, yeah. say it that way. And then, yeah, you're going to verse City and all yeah. those teams and, like... You can't afford to lose these games if you want to put a, a big a big name on. Yeah, well, they know they're going to lose the City and those guys. So, like, yeah. they're penciled in. We're going to lose this one. But on the calendar, it's basically yeah. got L. <clears throat> yeah, LW. Like, we can take points mm. from here. You know, no one expected them to take points from Chelsea at Stanford, oh. Stanford Bridge early in the season, obviously. Oh, but that was, a, that was a great match, to be yeah, honest. I love that. Loved it. God bless. It's so nice. The feeling of having the Premier League back and seeing a game like that to start the season. You know, that, Arsenal 4 3. That with the Arsenal Leicester game. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we were debating that yesterday. Mm. Arsenal Leicester, City. Versus Liverpool, yeah. these are top five games of, I'd say this, the the decade if you yeah, give it that way. Absolutely. But um, speaking of Chelsea and Leicester, actually, great segue. Nil or draw. Ben Chilwell uh, subbed off for Leicester in an otherwise uneventful game, which was a rather anticlimactic because it was the ten thousandth ever Premier League game uh, to be played. Thirty one shots attempted, only eight on target between the two sides. And ultimately, just a um, rather disappointing few games to thankfully capped off by two fantastic games yeah. from a neutral perspective, at least, not as an Arsenal fan. <laughs> one um, good game for an Arsenal yeah, fan. One good game. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but then the table sitting as it is, you know, we're in match day 23. We've got City uh, sitting first on 62 points, United second on 50, Chelsea third, 47, Liverpool fourth, also 47, uh, followed by Spurs on 44, Arsenal 39, Burnley 34. And then the bottom half of the table, sitting 14th, Huddersfield 24, Newcastle 23, Brighton 23, Southampton 21, Stoke 20, West Brom 19, Swansea 17. Are there any huge surprises? I mean, City, I don't think anyone anticipated that they would jump out this far and be this dominant. But outside of that, are there any huge surprises so far? I didn't think Stoke would be in the relegation zone. Yeah. I mean, the players that they have, I I love Shaqiri, Mm -hmm. Afolai, all those players. Yeah. I thought they'd be fighting mid-table at least. Um... 
Southampton as well. Yeah. They're a team that I wouldn't put down there. Definitely another one. I'm not happy about our Aussie boys, mm. Brighton, Matt Ryan, Huddersfield Moy being so low. Yeah. I mean, it's good to see them getting game time because it's perfect for the World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. But then again, I wouldn't mind seeing it a little bit high on the table. But mm. other than that, I mean, Burnley coming seventh at the moment. Yeah. No one would pick that. No, absolutely not. But yeah Stoke is one that I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought that they'd be fighting for relegation down there mm-hmm. well five points between between Spurs and Arsenal uh, do Spurs finish above Arsenal for the second consecutive season ooh you can ask me that question at the end of January because okay. I want to see who <laughs> buys who yep. at the moment should no one buy anyone mm-hmm. Spurs will finish ahead of Arsenal alright Fair enough. Well, excellent segue because now now that the games are out of the way, we can discuss some transfer rumors. And we'll start off with Arsenal because Perfect. there's been some huge news. Uh, Alexis Sanchez, I mean, you said it earlier before and I'd have to agree with you that uh, the Sanchez deal is essentially done and dusted. Mm. So um, if you're listening to this after the Sanchez deal has been completed, I mean, honestly, we may as well just speak as if the Sanchez deal is done. At this point. <laughs> I've seen so many sources, yeah. Bleacher Sports, Sky yeah. Sports, they're saying mm. they've agreed on 45, 40, sorry, 4,000, yeah, my numbers confused. Yeah, that's right. £450,000 per week. Yeah, which is crazy. Plus, I can't remember how much was the add-on along with the, the Mkhitaryan swap. Yeah. I mean... They're giving uh, him £14 million a season. That's, like, not, just, that's just his wages. I mean, um, imagine how much he would have gone for if they had a price tag on that uh, as well. Just crazy. So, yeah, the initial um, the initial offer was just £30 million from memory. 30 or £35 million just <laughs> for Sanchez. And then um, I would have said no for that. Yeah, I feel like I mean Arsenal bought him for thirty five million initially, which I feel like was just bargain. He was twenty seven, twenty seven at the time. Yeah, at his peak from Barca. I mean, I would have. I don't know why they got rid of him so cheap. I would have. I would have have, uh, counter offered at least seventy. At least four. Yeah, I mean, he was was a quality player. uh, I was going to say at least at at the very least forty five, but yeah, Yeah. we got away with that one. But now that um, they've offered Mkhitaryan plus um, cash consideration as well. Um, I mean, it's just sweet as the deal for Arsenal. The good thing was that both Manchester clubs were in a bidding wall initially. Mm. And that, um, with Arsenal being the seller, pushed Perfect. up the price constantly, what you want. which worked out really well. But I feel like, you know, this deal, who wins this deal? You know, Sanchez going to United, Arsenal getting cash plus Mkhitaryan. I'd say United come out on... I mean, it, it depends how Arsenal use this money and use the window. But if you're looking at it from cash plus player, I'd say United coming off on top mm-hmm. because they've needed a quality big name winger. Yeah. They're getting by with Lingard, Martial on the wing, Rashford, mm. but they've needed that top flight. Yeah. Know his name, winger. Yeah. Sanchez is perfect for that. I'd say at the moment, United's coming off with this one. All right. Yeah, so, I mean, I think United... I mean, it's a bit of a tough one because it depends on what Arsenal now do. Yeah, um, with it's, that it's in the air at the moment. Yeah, because it opens up the door. Well, well, actually, let me backtrack a little bit. The sale of Theo Walcott to Everton for £20, £25 million yep. pounds now opens the door to further further you know buying or further purchasing of potentially Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I mean, look, you've... It's perfect. It's honestly Arsenal in a good situation right now. Yeah. The board would have put in money. All right, you have this much. I'm, I'm not sure how much they put in, but they would have put in a decent amount. Yeah. Given to Wenger saying, all right, we're giving you this much amount. Buy who you need. Yeah. Because we've got to change change the season around. Hmm. Out on on top of the Walcott sale. Yeah. The Sanchez sale. You got an extra fifty mil yep. pounds. Hmm. So I, I can, you guys can pretty much buy whoever, whoever you want. Yeah. There's definitely money in there, and, um, and I mean, you basically gained another player. Yeah. Throughout that fifty million hmm. profit. Yeah. Well, we were discussing before, like the potential Arsenal lineup. Yeah. Lacazette. I mean, sorry. Aubameyang I mean, leading the line. Lacazette one side, Mkhitaryan the other side, and hmm. Ozil in the middle. And I'd Lacazette. say Chuck if you if you can get Malcolm. Yeah. Lacazette left, Malcolm right, hmm. Ozil and Mkhitaryan just rotating with each other around hmm. there. Perfect. No, it'd be keep Shaka behind them, Wilshi behind them. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's enough players. Put in whoever you want. Yeah, whatever. Just screw But I mean, Shaka <laughs> can hold it there. Mm. If you need to put Wilshi there, Wilshi there. Yeah. But there's also the Draxler front. potentially as well. There was talks. Yeah, was. him and um, Kalasinac and Bellerin. Yeah, yeah. Having Mustafi, a chat. Mustafi was at uh, the NBA game as well. So I was having a good old chat. I was like, oh, you know, that would be a mad sign if you yeah. get Draxler. I mean, it's same as talent. I see that kind of the same way as the uh, Lacazette signing was. Like, kind of, it's almost two years. Two, like we should have signed him two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so um, in that sense, then definitely a little bit disappointing from the Arsenal perspective. But um, at the same time, you know, any kind of signings at that point, uh, you'll definitely, I'll, I mean, as an Arsenal fan, I'll sure as hell take him. So, I mean, yeah. I reckon Mkhitaryan's a good signing. Mm. He, he, you can't say he struggled at United because he did, he performed. He yeah, performed, yeah. He, he outperformed himself. Mm. I'd say he wasn't happy there. Yeah. Mourinho probably gave him just a rough time there. Yeah, pushed him out the door. And I mean, he's playing with players that are just, I feel United has that sort of mentality where it's just like, yeah, we're the big names. Mm-hmm. You guys are under us. Whereas Arsenal, everyone's like everyone's on par with each other. Yeah. You may be a better player, but we're all on par. I can he'll he'll thrive at Arsenal. Yeah. He's that player that basically just 
He will, he will do what Wilshie did against Bournemouth. Yeah. Take the ball, either facing goal or not facing goal, turn and attack straight yeah. away. And his dribbling's fantastic. Oh, like, his touch is perfect. And then also two-footed from memory yeah. as well. So that also helps. As long as players give him options on the wings and up front, he will mm. take the ball on with Wilshie and just, yeah. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, also a problem us having options, but um, yeah, another problem for another day for us, yeah. I suppose. But uh, moving on, there's also rumors uh, from Dunballer, a, sorry, Dunballon uh, over in Spain, rumoring that uh, James Rodriguez could be on his way to Liverpool mm. as well. So I mean, how much? I mean, how much do you read into this sort of thing? This was probably someone probably mentioned his name. I'd say, and they thought, oh my god, we got a, we got a news article. Yeah. But then again, I would love for him to come to yeah. to Liverpool. We, we we got a lot of money. Again, we've probably mm. been given a good bank okay, a, a good bank number right now. Okay, boys, we got this much money in the bank. Yeah. Try and buy someone plus mm. a good tenure money we got. Yeah. I can. If you can, if they, if they can work with that, mm. I mean, he's halfway through his two-year loan deal. Yeah, at Bayern, I think I heard Madrid want to recall him. Yeah, because they're basically closer to relegation than they are to yeah. Barca <laughs> right now. Crazy, yeah. So if I if I was Madrid, I'd bring him back. Mm. If I was Liverpool, I'd I'd try and try and jump come, on come that. to England. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you definitely could. I mean, obviously, an incredibly um, highly rated yeah. midfielder. But then again, he's playing great football in Germany right now. Yeah, so. why do you want to leave? Exactly. You know, probably drinking beer and enjoying sausages. Uh, so there was also rumors of Jan Oblak heading to Liverpool as well. And this story came out recently that he did go to Melwood to check out the training ground and everything. It was about eight years ago, yeah, um, mind you. So a little bit <clears throat> different in that sense. But he did say that there haven't been any contract talks with Atletico at this point. So kind of, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean he's leaving, but at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's staying either. That's true. It means like... At- I'd say Atletico haven't approached him. Mm. They probably will soon because he's 25. Yeah. He's a freak of a keeper. He's, he's honestly competing with De Gea. Yeah. I think, I can't, it might have been last season or maybe, I think it was last season. There was a, a photo that came out on, it might have been Bleacher Sport of mm. um, goals conceded in top flight goalkeepers in the, in Europe. He was number one. Yeah. But I mean, you wouldn't look at it seeing him, oh yeah, least goals conceded, most clean sheets because Atletico probably were having nil or draws, not yeah. scoring that often. But that was a stat that I was like, oh, wow, All Black is very underrated. Yeah. No one really knows. I mean, people would know of him, but no one really knows. Oh, yeah, he's actually that good because it's De Gea, Neuer, mm. just Courtois taking yeah. the, the limelight from him. I feel it's also bigger names as well. And, I mean, a- a- Atletico as well. It's not a. It's obviously a big club being in Madrid, but unless you're like, you kind of only know of a- Atletico if you're a huge football fan as well. That's the thing, yeah. They're a massive club. Yeah. But you'd, you'd be surprised how people are like, oh, yeah, I know of that team. I don't know. I know two players. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. It's usually this Madrid or Barca yeah. in Spain for the. You get those fans. big ones. I mean, most casual fans were like, oh, Madrid, Real Madrid. So, yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit of a tough one. Kind of, you know, still, I mean, I, I wouldn't say they're living in the shadow of their, you know, bigger brother, but at the same time, definitely, definitely, yeah, it doesn't help having Real Madrid there either. Yeah, they're definitely competing with them. But yeah. I mean, if Oblak wants to have contract talks, I'd definitely say Liverpool's a place to be yeah, for him because yeah. he will fix so many problems mm. that, that we're suffering with. Yeah, well, Hargraves and uh, Michael Owen both agree that they're going to get a keeper. And this was through, not not through uh, through the grapevine or anything like that. This was just them saying that Liverpool need to get a goalkeeper. So we think they really should sign someone. Yeah. Um, Oblak yeah. is definitely the one that they should go for because... Yeah. Mignolet is inconsistent. Mm. Karius needs game time, and even then, yeah. you can't be you can't be certain that he's gonna be he's gonna be performing yeah. at top level. If you were I'd to say get Oblak, who's proved himself, if you were to keep one of uh, Mignolet and Karius, and then yeah, Oblak comes in and starts, and get rid of someone, yeah, probably Mignolet. Yeah, I think Karius is younger. Yeah, he's someone that can grow into a good keeper. Mm-hmm. German. Yeah, he has that. Just that that German Neuer instinctive yeah. in him, well, yeah, mixed with Klopp as well. So True helps. So I mean, Klopp, yeah, Klopp and him would work so well together because mm. Klopp and his German counterparts in the team just work so well. Him yeah. and Chan, oh, it's crazy. The combination's perfect. It's a shame he's leaving, but yeah. no. Well, I mean, has that been? I don't think has that been confirmed yet. It's been. There's so many people saying that it's a five year deal. All these details coming out, and it's like, all right, well, it's like all looks like confirmed. it's yeah, it looks yeah. like it's done. But then I'm still trying to wait for the, you know, Chan signing on the dotted line. And then the other thing was it was his birthday. Um, I think I want to say a few days ago. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. on Instagram, birthday drinks and stuff, birthday cake and whatever. Mm. I was like, oh, okay. I'm, just, I'm waiting for Everton. I'm just not Everton. I'm sorry, but Juventus <laughs> to put the photo. Yeah. Of saying uh, confirmed yeah. signing end of the f- no, end exactly. of 2018. And then not even um not even him holding the jersey, but normally they do like a graphic. Yeah. Um, you know, bonnet. What's it, Bonaventura? No, Ben Benviento. I'm getting all my languages oh. mixed up. Um, Benvenuto, is yeah, it? Yeah, it might be Benvenuto. I can't remember exactly. We'll yeah, have to yeah. uh, check with our Italian coach. Yeah. This one. But um, yeah, so anyway, they put that up. Welcome to Juventus mm. and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they've got obviously graphic designers yeah, who can do that Yeah, there's been honestly sort of so many 
uh, pages and sources and articles that have been like, yeah, Chan's coming, Chan's going, yeah, this yeah. much, this long. Hmm. Everyone, just- everyone but Chan and Juventus and Liverpool have said it. Yeah, the three, the three parties that actually matter in this mm. one. But um, does the kind of the, the constant chatter or you know tie you out at all, or do you kind of live for this sort of thing? I love it. Yeah, I too. love the rumors. <laughs> yeah. More rumors. I mean, yeah. don't come out with saying Ronaldo to Bristol City. Yeah, but I mean, some good valid rumors, mm. good sources. I just love it because it just it gets you thinking of the teams that could be hmm. and how they'd compete in different leagues. So yeah. I love it. There was a great one from Oldham United. I don't know if you saw about their Twitter. <laughs> this guy asked I them, saw this. I love just it. confirm Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> and he's like, sorry, Gary, there's no contact with Alexis Sanchez. Grow up. <laughs> I was oh, like, man. Cold. Could you imagine if he went to Oldham? Yeah. That'd be, oh. he, could, he, could, he could buy Oldham if he wanted with this new uh, contract he's got with United. Probably could, to be honest. Yeah, it's not that big of a club. I know Messi, when he re-signed just recently yeah. for Barca, he's getting, Huge deal. he's getting disgusting money. It's ridiculous. He, he will earn enough to buy Burnley. Yeah. Jeez. You know, it's a fun fact about Burnley. They've actually got the least amount of a non-UK-based players in across Europe. So it's all Scottish, Welsh, English, and oh. Irish. They have no... Like, they have barely... Almost... I'll get the stat for next week, but I want to say almost no Spanish, no Dutch, nothing like that. It's all UK. Far out. To be fair, you wouldn't. If it, it's a tiny, tiny club. Yeah. But at the same time, like surely, like maybe one random Spaniard. Or Anyone, like even that. just a, a thirty-five-year-old Spaniard, just yeah. at the end of his career, get some football in him. Hmm. That's, 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 that's I didn't. Just crazy. What I called that. Yeah, but I'll double check it. Get it back to you guys on the yeah. next pod as well next week. So stay tuned for that one. As always, we'd like to finish with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the good for this week uh, doesn't come as a surprise because it was Manchester City's game against Liverpool 4-3. I mean, just an incredibly thrilling game. Um, pretty much had everything except being for... Being a neutral, yeah. Yeah, being a Perfect neutral, game. I love it. Had, had everything except for Mane uh, kicking Edison in the face, which a <laughs> little bit disappointing, but... You know, I wouldn't mind seeing round two of that fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be a good one, but <laughs> man, Edison, I, I got to admit, he does look scary with that neck tattoo up to his like, Honestly, his ear and stuff. I'd say him as just a cartel leader, yeah. just killing it in the Colombian gangs or just those mm. South American gangs. Yeah, just, just absolutely crazy. So, I mean... 4-3 comeback from Man City you know they didn't quite complete it but you know it ended their Invincibles run you know so many storylines going through this one Almost even the quality of the goals end. as well yeah just Perfect. just crazy but I mean this has to de- absolutely rank in I mean definitely one of my top five most memorable games yeah same um, you know just like I said had everything I know Dan I mean what Arsenal Leicester to start the season as well that I, is I what feel I like is right up there that was the first game of the season first game of the year yeah. that was a freak of a game so just I mean that's right there and then I mean what else um, the Man- Q- QPR Man City game probably the, I'd say as a Premier League fan since yeah. Premier League's conception yeah. that's probably the best game I've ever seen yeah. at the death City to win the league basically mm. they're hearing United's got it yeah. we have to win this game boys yeah. and they pull, Aguero pulls it out just the commentary on that which yeah. just gives me goosebumps whenever I watch it it's just crazy so you know and then the thing I love about that was that before before Balotelli rejoined um, the Premier League, it was actually his only ever Premier League assist to win, um, to win the Balotelli league as well. to do that. So just crazy. He called and, it. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so just, you know, you see the players, they, they, you know, they're running off. Aguero's got his shirt off and throwing oh, around. Man, and it was just it was chaos. I yeah, loved it. Just pandemonium. So they just, I mean, absolutely loved it. And then another one that stands out for me and obviously being an Arsenal fan is a little bit biased um, there's the Arsenal 5-3 game against Chelsea all those years ago that was a good game I like that game scored that and then that was when Chelsea were like just dominant this was that peak dominant yeah. force yeah. Arsenal come to that was at Stamford Bridge as well yeah. Arsenal just come dismantled you them. just don't see anymore Van Persie just embarrassed Czech yeah. against Czech yeah I was about to yeah. say so there's that one and then of course the Valentine's Day uh, the 2-1 win against Leicester Welbeck scoring the header in the what last, I mean essentially the last kick of the game yeah um, you know returned from injury you know he jumped into the crowd and so much passion I'm like when they, when he scored they're like I just jumped up and started running around and yeah. I was just losing it and I was like oh my god there would have been many many little Arsenal babies born oh, nine yeah. months after that because it's Valentine's Day yeah no definitely <laughs> it was like win-win on all fronts so Perfect. I mean that's right there for me do you, do you have any other ones that come up for you I mean apart from those big games I definitely have to say the Arsenal Liverpool game yeah 4-4 4-4 oh I mean, my favorite player Torres was in that. He got, he got a double. Yeah, and it was just it was just end to end. It was literally literally end to end. Yeah, I remember Ashavin. watching that in the morning and just yeah, Ashavin getting three, and I was like, oh god, there can't be much more, can there? And then he gets a fourth, fourth one. Fourth goal. I miss Ashavin. Yeah, and just I mean, is he still playing? Is he numb? I think he's in Russia somewhere now. From memory, he, I think he's got to be somewhere there. But he was one of those little just little gems. Yeah, came no. around for about. He wasn't here for he wasn't here for a long time. He was here for a good Very time. Good time, yeah. Shout out to Tinder. Yeah. So, <laughs> the thing was, like, you know, he you very rarely see, you know, great. Or well, I mean, Russia. Where would you rank him in terms of a scale? Because you have, you you do have some you know pretty good Russian footballers coming through. Yeah. 
Um, but at the, I'm at the moment, yeah, they're sort of struggling for footballs. But yeah. there was a point in time where they were like, they were a dominant team. Yeah. But he was, I wouldn't put him as like one of the best ever. Yeah. But he was definitely a really, really good player. Yeah. If they had to do like an all-time 11 Russian side, he'd definitely be oh, in there. Captain that team. Yeah. So uh, we'll move on to the bad uh, for this week. And it has to go to Arsenal, Arsene Wenger and the Arsenal board. Yeah. Uh, just kind of all over the place with the transfers Walcott going to Everton kind of expected you know wasn't getting game time mm. Awobi's almost taken over him he'll play he'll play almost every game there him and yeah. Lennon will, they'll form a partnership they're yeah. best buds as well almost, yeah almost identical players as well exactly um, so there's that you know good bit of business you know they've got some players hopefully some players coming in but this, this bad could be overturned should they make mad mm. purchases this month yeah exactly and knowing our lock we'll publish this and then they'll announce the signing you know 20 <laughs> seconds later <laughs> so, that's the thing just null and void they could become next yeah. week's good yeah, so exactly. Venga, do yourself a favor. They can turn it around, but the fact that it's more so the fact that the situation has gotten so bad that you know Sanchez wants to leave to go to United, and then mm. also Venga promising after selling Van Persie to United that he'll never sell to them again to give him to give them Sanchez, who's hands down our best player. Yeah, I'd say know, to that do that well. is like just dis, you know despicable. To be fair, you can look at the positive of this. Sanchez is thirty. Yeah, I mean he will probably be. He's a player who's. He relies a lot on his physical attributes. Yeah. But then again, his touch and his skill attributes are very high. Yeah. But it'll get to a point where he won't be able to run as long or as fast or mm. be as strong on yeah, the ball. Absolutely. Where his touch and skill will still be there, mm. but it won't be enough for the Premier League. Yeah. So I'd say United will probably get a good oh, two to three seasons out of him. Yeah. Where they'll... He won't be... He, he's on the decline, I'd say, slow, very slowly at the yeah. moment. Where they'll look, they'll look for a replacement within two years because mm. he'll get older, yeah. slower, and injury could come. Yeah. Again, with age comes greater chance of injury. So yeah. I'd say Arsenal could be winning out of this option, but yeah, long term. Yeah, long term wise. Mm. I think also um, from there, he'll. I reckon he'll end up going back to Chile, somewhere in South America, yeah. maybe. He'll finish off there somewhere, yeah. just even back to Italy where he started out as well, which would be a nice yeah. full circle kind of story. Um, but then also, where does he fit into United's line? Because they're currently playing a four three three, and Mata's on the right wing, and I feel like that's the natural position for Sanchez to fill in. Hmm. But then you kind of feel bad for Mata because he's had a pretty decent run so far. Nothing spectacular, which is yeah. what Sanchez can bring. If they maintain four three three, I'll put I'll go from midfield onwards because the defense is usually set yeah. for them. Pogba, sorry, Matic. Yep. And you put uh, Pogba and Mata just ahead of him. Yeah. <clears throat> the striking options are just out yeah. of this world. You can play this. We'll say Lukaku for now. Yeah. Sanchez on the right mm. and Lingard. Sorry, Sanchez on the left, Lingard yeah. on the right. Right. Or mix and match with Martial and Rashford. I was going to say, yeah, there's the Martial and the Rashford. Because their attacks is, is just, their, their depth is just insane for attack. But I'd play Sanchez on the left if I was at United. Mm. Just it's, the cutting it's and very, shot. It's a very interesting dilemma. It's funny because Optus Sport were discussing whether they play him as a full forward, as a striker. I'm like, he's not a striker. I wouldn't play him there. No, um, no way. Definitely not. I mean, when you got Lukaku, who's going to come good eventually. Like, yeah. Lukaku's too good of a player to be this bad consistently. Yeah. Um, and even then, he just scored, I think it was his second goal in six games. Anyway, so. in order for me to consider Sanchez a striker, I would have to have Ibra, Lukaku, Rashford, yeah. and Martial out, out yeah. to play him as a striker. Like, hmm. I would those those other players definitely start ahead of him for me. Yeah, definitely. Well, we will move on to the ugly. Uh, just a quick wrap up. Southampton this week just can't catch a break right now. You know, getting closer and closer to being relegated, dropping a two 0 lead at Watford kind of sucks you know it was a handball in the end mm. but at the same time you know they did well James Ward-Prowse establishing that 2-0 lead but the, yeah they just nothing's going right for them right now they're getting close to relegation and I mean who knows what's going to happen it's been, it's been a, a pretty bad couple of years for them like any player that they find of, of talent or yeah. they grow of talent mm. gone I feel like the one bright spot has been and as weird as it is to say the dropping off Fraser Forster mm. because Alex McCarthy has come in and done decently well for them yeah um, you know and these two hit the it's kind of it sucks because the first save he made when Andre Gray scored it was mm. a fantastic save from close range like yeah. he tipped it onto the bars like damn did really well and then you know in typical FIFA fashion just you know close range header I just can't do it's much unlucky. about it so um, yeah a bit of a shocking one from that one I want to see Southampton stay up but same. at the same time they, they, have, a lot of, they have a lot of quality players Ward Prowse who was grown from yeah, Southampton yeah. I can see him leaving again being yeah. a Southampton player he'll probably go to a Chelsea yeah. or a United within a year or two mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Shane Long yeah. I watched him when he was at West Brom yeah. when it was I think it was at Hull or maybe one of those yeah, teams Hull before that I mean I love him as a striker he's basically he's everything I try to be as a striker when I play yeah if they should they go down I hope he stays in the Premier League mm. and even then I just love seeing him in form because yeah. he's a talent of a striker mm. the good thing is a lot of these players will have in their contracts get out clauses if they yeah. get relegated um, so you can't expect to see if they do go down uh, you can't ex- Honestly, expect someone, to see a lot of these players get recycled up and yeah. into other teams he's someone like should Chelsea be looking for a striker which they want as some more depth yeah 
And I mean, from what I've heard, see if, if Aubameyang's losing himself at Dortmund, yeah. they want to get uh, Mitzi Vashway mm. in there. Mm. They should mm. look at Shane Long. Yeah, I mean, it's, it'd be a very cheap alternative as well. Yeah, like, and I mean, he's, he's, he's a bargain of a player. Mm. He's quick, he's strong, he can jump like like a kangaroo out of yeah. nowhere. Shoot, yeah, the Aussies. <laughs> I mean, he, he's, yeah, good, he's good all over the ball. Yeah. He might not be a technical dribbler or a skillful player, mm. but he's that straightforward striker yeah. that they could... It could be a different life, a different breath of fresh air for them. Yeah, and in that system as well, I feel like Chelsea could definitely... like. All you gotta do is get in the ball and you'll finish it. Like yeah. he doesn't have to do anything spectacular. Could also fill in on the wing as well. Yeah. Um, if they do want to keep playing um, Alvaro Morata up front, he's anyway. definitely one of the players where if you have a good team around him, he'll perform. Yeah, definitely. Just accommodate towards him. He'll 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 shine. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that just about wraps things up. Thank you everyone for listening. It was a huge podcast. Um, just you know all the transfer news so far. There'll be another one next week, of course, with match day uh, twenty four coming through. But thank you everyone for listening. As always, you can hit me up on Twitter for any comments, criticisms of the show, or any questions you want to send through. That's at Seb underscore. Quinn you got Dan on Instagram at Daniel Stefsky Jordan I follow me yep <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll come through for you um, but yeah if you guys if you're listening can leave us a rating that would be greatly appreciated any reviews that goes up really helps our ratings on iTunes pushing us up the rankings ladder so always great to have you on we'll see you all next week and if you're ever having a bad day at least you're not Manchester City <laughs>